0: Hey, good morning. So one thing I do want to do is, uh, I want to thank Gary Lamb, because he does preach 47 weeks a year, and that's a lot for anybody. Um, so I would like to give him an extra round of applause today for being our pastor. So this series is called Difference Makers, so I thought I'd screw everything up. Gary said I couldn't suck today, so, uh, because we're going to be off for two weeks, um, Anyway, so uh, how many of you had a great week? And how many of you got to share with somebody this week about what we talked about last week? How many of you got to be a difference maker in somebody's life this week? How many of you got to talk to somebody, got to share with somebody, got to give somebody, got to take care of somebody? Is that not an amazing experience? So last week we talked about being the salt and the light. And it, for you that weren't there, what we said is in Matthew 5 13, 16, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So you can be the salt. Or it can be no good, and it can be trampled on and thrown out. Goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's what we we're just talking about: being a difference maker, being the salt, being the light. Not having your light hidden under a bowl. It's easy to have your light hidden under a bowl. Lots of people do it. God's giving you some talents, giving you some skill, giving you some experience, but it's still easy to be have your light hidden under a bowl because you're not bold enough. So I challenge you not to be the light, or I, <laughs> I challenge you to be bold and to go out with faith and be a difference maker. I ask you to especially consider those people that you haven't even met yet. So a little bit later on in my sermon here, we're going to talk about somebody that I met I thought was pretty cool. It spoke to exactly what we we're talking about. So um, so Gary said, I couldn't suck. So, you probably should have told me that before I thought about what I wanted to say today, because I'm going to talk about all the social stigmas you're not allowed to talk about in church. <laughs> I'm going to talk about being a difference maker at work. I'm going to talk about being a difference maker in politics. I'm going to talk about being a difference maker in religion. So, that ought to be fun, Open. <laughs> Uh, I, let me say this: I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not Gary Lamb. Uh, I, I don't want. I really don't. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But these things are things that are very, very important. These things. First of all, these things are things that I'm very passionate about. But these things are very important to our country, to our local community, to our churches, to our local politicians to our local businesses. Most of us here are not in the financial place where we don't have a job. So we do have to work for someone. And people say, well, you own a company, I do own a company, so that means I work for 136 people because we have 137 employees. I'm just one of those 137 employees. So you gotta think about that, that's so important, but every one of us reports to somebody. And at the very end, all of us report to one man. So Gary has said many times, Action Church was not founded on religious principles, which is very true. We were founded on loving God, loving people, and taking action. So that's what we're talking about, taking action. So I, however, we have had lots of opportunities to hang out with, talk to, be around people that believe in all the religious principles. Now we know we don't practice any of those here, but we've all been around those people. We all hung out with those people. The question is, how can we be a difference maker to those people? How can we be a difference maker to those religious people? So, I've been a member of several different churches. I served at a Baptist church for a long time. Um, I've seen a lot of religion. I've seen a lot of what religion will do to people. I've been shunned. I was left out of things because I wasn't a member of a country club. Not allowed to be a deacon because I was divorced. I was kept from teaching because of my past. So I do understand what it's like to suffer from the religious people. But I also know this I'm still supposed to love those people. I'm still supposed to show those people grace. I'm still supposed to be there for those people. I'm still, still supposed to talk to those people. I'm still supposed to hang out with those people. Because remember what we talked about in Matthew? We're supposed to be the salt and the light. Now, the interesting thing about a lot of those people, they think they are the salt and the light. They think they are those people that are the salt and the light to others. And they are. Don't get me wrong. They are. They do great things. But when it comes to religion, you've got to be so careful because being a Christ follower is not about religion. It's not about any of those things that we just talked about, what it's about is is loving God, loving others. That's what it's all about. And I'm as guilty as anybody about not wanting to talk to so and so because oh yeah, they go to that church over there and you know they don't like what we say. They go do this and they don't do this, and they, you know. So as I told you a few minutes ago, I was coming home Thursday night. And I got the opportunity to talk to a guy that was driving the car that I was in. His name was Adbed. And he was a Muslim. And he freely told me that when I got in the car. We had, I mean, literally almost the, the second sentence was, hey, this is who I am. This is, who I, this is what I do. This is, this is how I make my living. Actually, I invited him to come to church today. As we sat there and talked... Because what we've talked about was being difference makers. I had the opportunity to tell him that I was preaching Sunday. And I said, you should come. You should, you should, you should come hear what we say. We're not a typical church. You would be very welcome to walk through the doors, sit right there on the front, aisle, front row. And I believe that because I believe that's what Action Church is. So, But I learned some things. And it gets back to this whole theory, this whole thing that I want to talk to you about today. So, did you know, because I did not know this, that Muslims believe that Jesus lived and walked on the earth? I didn't know that. Now, they don't believe that he is the Messiah, but they do believe he's a prophet. So David Westrick's small mind, working through that in his head, said, so it's very similar to what Jewish people think. Jewish people think the same thing. Jewish people do not think that Jesus is the Messiah. They do believe he was here. They do believe he's a prophet. But it's, it's very similar. But the most interesting part to me is we, it took us almost 40 minutes to get home. And this man and I talked Almost this whole 40 minutes about what I believed, about what he believed. I heard what he said. I heard what he had to share. I heard all the things that he wanted to tell me. He listened to everything I said and everything I wanted to tell him. So in my mind... that's what we're talking about right here. We both listened and we both heard. I did tell him though in John ten thirty, it says, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. I did share that with him. I don't know if he did anything with it. I don't know if he went home and looked in the Bible. I don't know what he did. But that does show the difference between us. Probably the key to everything though, and the interesting thing to me, and it is an amazing how God uses people in your life to give you an experience, we were both difference makers. He shared, I shared, he listened, I listened, I didn't judge him, he didn't judge me. We did not agree on everything. He didn't threaten me. I didn't threaten him. We respected and loved each other. And so as interesting as us preparing for this and riding home in the car and, and talking to this guy, um, and I told Sierra when I got out, I said, that you know, that was really cool because, you know, and and I want, you know, like Gary just said, he, he can get up here and preach. I'm not that good at it, but he can get up here and preach at the drop of the hat, but it does take some time to prepare a sermon, and I didn't realize that. I didn't realize what it took. I didn't realize how hard this was. I thought, I mean, Gary makes it look easy. So, but as I'm preparing, you know, it's Thursday night, and I'm not 100% done. I'm thinking, I right, what? What have I got? I got, you know, I got to have something. And I ride home in a car with a Muslim, and we talk, and we share, and we give. So I thought it was pretty cool. I was was hoping he'd show up today, but that's okay. So if we can all start to do these kind of things, can you imagine what kind of change we'd have in the world? Can you imagine what would happen? I mean, I went and looked. By the way, if you type in Quran, you can look and see what it says. So I went and looked where he said to look, and that's exact, he said exactly what I said is what it said. How many of us knew that it said that? I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that it said that. All we hear about is, is the jihad, and that, you know, all they want to do is kill Americans and all this stuff. That's not true. Those things are not true. And, and please go ahead. <laughs> At least one person clapped. <laughs> So, what about politics? Absolutely. <laughs> so, after the last two presidential and local elections, if we haven't learned anything at all, we've learned that we can be divided. So, how can we be difference makers? In politics. As I get older, I do realize that things are not black and white. As I get older, I realize that there's a lot of gray in what really happens in the world. I realize that my opinion isn't always the only opinion. I realize that some days Doug Knight and I may not agree in our political views. But I know one thing God's Word's pretty clear about some stuff. So, how can you be a difference maker in a political situation? This answer will scare you to death because you haven't thought of it. It is super, super profound. More profound than most anything you will think. Love your neighbor. See how profound that was? All you got to do is love your neighbor. All you got to do is the same thing that I did sitting in that car. Listen with the intention of hearing their words. Hear their heart and respond with kindness. (laughs) Respond with your views and speak your heart. Because it is okay to be heard And have a different opinion. Without a doubt. I think the most important thing that can happen. To help America. To help local things. And help national things. And help the world even. Is that we. Begin to communicate. We begin to be the salt and the light. We begin to be difference makers. Because it starts. Everything that we're going to talk about today starts right here. How we do business, politics, religion, all starts with us. Everybody has this crazy idea that politics is something that happens in Washington or something that happens in downtown Atlanta or something that happens somewhere besides here. But it's not. It's not, it happens right here. We're the voters, and I know I only have one vote. You're right, you do. But if you approach others with an open heart, an open mind, if you speak to others with love, you may influence somebody. Someone may say, hey, I really liked what Doug said. Doug made sense. And that's important to what we do. I think without any doubt, if we start to do those kind of things, we'll become difference makers in our life and in our community. And who knows what would happen if we were difference makers in our life and in our community? And what happens if that grows to where it's our life and it's our state? What happens if it grows and it's our life and it's our country? What happens if it's our life and it's our world? Remember what we talked about last week. God wants you to use your experiences. There's no parameter on that. There's no parameter on where you're going to get to use your experience. Because we do know one thing, we serve a really big God. But I want you to hear this. In Romans 13.1, it talks about, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God established The authorities that exist have been established by God. So God's word commands us to be subject to the governing authorities. Also in his word, he talks about praying for your political leaders. Can you imagine what a difference it would make if every morning every one of us stood up Got up, got on our knees and prayed for our country and for our leaders. Now it is scary without a doubt that the current political situation is of God's doings, but it is. But that's true. It says so right here. It says so right here in the Word. But can you imagine the difference if we met someone and talked to someone if we had someone that's a Democrat or had someone that's a Republican or had someone that's a Libertarian or had someone that doesn't have any political view whatsoever. And we could change that and think about that. Mm. So we've talked about Religion a little bit. We've talked about some politics. Let's talk a little bit about some business. So in Second Thessalonians, uh, Paul was writing. Uh, Paul was writing the Second Thessalonians shortly after he wrote First Thessalonians, and the reason he had to write Second Thessalonians is he must have written it to Action Church because. They weren't really paying attention. They didn't really read the words. They really weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So he needed to write some things that clarified, you know, hey, hold on a second. I, I need you to understand what I said over here. I need, to, I need you to understand it over here. So, so he talks about several things. He talks about the Antichrist returning. But he also emphasizes the importance of keeping their regular schedules their regular work until Jesus returns. He wanted to remind them to continue doing their daily work. And so if you read through Second Thessalonians, it talks about work and not being lazy and those things, and we're going to get into that a little bit. So Second Thessalonians three: six through eight says, "In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters." to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you receive from us. For you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. We are not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we could not be a burden to you, to any of you. And he goes on to say in 2 Thessalonians 3:10: For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule: the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Can you imagine how much that fits <laughs> in today's world? Can you imagine what, I mean, I read through that, and I've read it before, and it didn't speak to me like it did then. It's like, holy smokes, that's America. That's us. So trying to prepare and trying to figure out how to tie politics, religion, and business together into something that makes sense. Um, it's a little bit difficult, but if you look through this, what we've just read, so I wanted to try to give some wisdom on being a difference maker in these areas. One of the ways I study and learn is by looking at different translations of the Bible. So I had a young man, I don't know if he's here today or not, I had a young man come up to me last Sunday and said, hey, those last verses, where'd those come from? And you know, I never thought about that because I've never been up here, so I never knew to say this. But you know, when I put when I put sermon, when I put verses up there, they may come from three or four different versions. And I think Xander does a great job of putting the little thing over there. But if you don't read in the if you don't read on my little app what it is, I don't even know what it is. So, um, but just so y'all know, you can do the same thing. There's this thing called U Version app, and it's free. Um, you can get it on your phone, and you can change the translations. So it's very helpful. I didn't know if anybody knew that. I didn't know that. or I, di- I did know that, and I didn't share that. So what I want to do is we're going to put up a different version of 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 10. And I think you will find it to be a little different than what we just read. But I bet... That you all understand it a little bit better. So 6 through 10 says, Our orders, backed up by the Master, not a Master, the Master, Jesus, are to refuse to have anything to do with those among you who are lazy and refuse to work the way we taught you. Don't permit them to freeload on the rest. We showed you how to pull your weight when we were with you, so get on with it. We didn't sit around on our hands expecting others to take care of us. In fact, we worked our fingers to the bone, up half the night moonlighting so you wouldn't be burdened with taking care of us. And it wasn't because we didn't have a right to your support, we did. We simply wanted to provide an example of diligence hoping it would provide, it would prove contagious. Don't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you? If you don't work, you don't eat. See the difference? Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's like, that speaks plain. If you don't work, you don't get to eat and it doesn't necessarily mean you're employed even there's a, I'm sure there's ladies here that are moms that stay at home I promise you they work way harder than I do it doesn't mean if you're retired if you don't work you don't eat but what it does mean is if you're going to be a difference maker don't be idle Be in the world. Be the salt and the light. So let me try to break this down a little bit and see if I can get give you some helpful knowledge that I figured out in studying this and show you how he would help you be a difference maker. So the first thing is stay away from lazy people. Hey y'all laugh. But it says, our orders, backed up by the master Jesus, are to refuse to have anything to do with those among you who are lazy and refuse to work the way we taught you. If you're hanging out with lazy people, you know, they tell you, and Gary said this a couple weeks ago, I think, maybe it wasn't Gary. Somebody, somebody I heard preaching said this. If you want to know about a person, look at like five of the, their their five best friends, their five good friends. You're gonna start being like those five good friends. So if all five of you are sitting on the couch, you're gonna be like your good friend. You're all gonna sit on the couch. <laughs> you know. Hopefully somebody got that uh, welfare check this week, you know. <laughs> Remember, I really did mean that I wasn't gonna hurt anybody's feelings. But. So, you know, people, people think that's crazy, but truthfully, in my business life, I've seen that happen to p- people. I own a construction company, and before I owned it, I worked for the same construction company, and you would see these people, you know, we'd have a job that was finishing up, and the next job wasn't starting yet, and we'd take a, a crew of guys, and we'd send them home for two weeks, because we had nothing for them to do, but we paid them. We still paid them. We expected nothing in return for that payment because they were sitting there waiting to go to that next job. More than once, I have seen that ruin a good person or a good crew because all of a sudden, I get paid the same thing. All of a sudden, I'm sitting on my butt. All of a sudden, I'm sitting on the couch with my five friends that, you know. It's amazing, I promise you. I've seen it with my own two eyes. In my mind, when you walk around anywhere, you don't have, I mean, you could probably walk down just from here to down there to the end of the strip shopping center, and I bet you could find a help one inside. So that's exactly what's going on right now. That's what's going on in America right now. There's too many people sitting on the couch. But what did what does the word say? We're to love our neighbor. So guess what? Even though they're sitting on the couch, even though there's a thousand help wanted signs out there, guess what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to love our neighbor. But we're also supposed to... Speak wisdom to them. We're supposed to help them. We're supposed to encourage them. Can you imagine if you knew somebody right now that wasn't working? If you just encouraged them, if you offered, if you helped them in some way. So, one is stay away from lazy people. Two, this is a hard one, don't be a busybody. When people have absolutely nothing productive to do, it is amazing how they become busybodies. Did we not see it in the last election? A lot of people didn't have anything to do. Lots of people became busybodies. Lots of people needed to mind what everybody else was doing. (coughs) We see that in today's world, too. We see it on Facebook all the time. I'm not on any of those other things, so I only see it on Facebook. But did you hear what Tori said? Tori said this about so. Did you see what Susie wrote? You got to watch. I mean, she, she was minding Doug's business. Isn't that true, though? We laugh. But what I'm saying is true. That gets back to listening to be heard, to hear, speaking kind words, not being a busybody. It starts here. It starts with this. 75 or 100 people. The difference we could make if it started right here today, right now. I mean, heck, I'll even challenge y'all all. all. Don't write anything on Facebook today that's not loving, caring, and giving. How many of you will fail in the next four minutes? (laughs) So in 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 through 12, it says... We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. Now the most amazing part to me about that, that verse, right, those two verses right there. I was written over 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, God said, don't be a busybody. Settle down and earn the food you eat. 2,000 years ago. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if anything deserves an amen, that deserves an amen. That's God's word proving true right now. certainly proving true in this world so and then the third thing today is don't tire of doing the right thing second thessalonians three thirteen says and as for you brothers and sisters never tire of doing what is good To me, this might be like the hardest part, because people get discouraged. People get um, people don't feel appreciated. People don't feel like anybody noticed. And, and, and Gary spoke of it just a little while ago. That you know, we have volunteers that have volunteered and volunteered and volunteered and volunteered, and we have people sitting in the, the pews that didn't volunteer and didn't volunteer and didn't volunteer, and the people who did do get discouraged because nobody noticed. Joe was out here earlier today and he was looking out the window and it had this strange look on his face. I said, yeah, this is what it looks like, you know, outside of the kids area, dude. Have you, been, have you ever been out here? You know, it looks like, looks like this. But I encourage you, there's plenty of people here I encourage you to, to give, to, to give you your time, give your talents. I can assure you without any doubt, I'm not going to the kids area. There's no chance. If there was no one else here, if there was me and two kids here, I'm not going back there. Them kids will be fine. I promise you, they'll be fine. There's two of them. What's the worst thing that can happen? But that's still our challenge And truthfully, in my mind, it's our responsibility. We're here as Christians, as believers in Christ, to be the salt and the light. We're here to be difference makers. We're here to tell other people about Jesus. We're here to help other people. We're here to love on other people. That's what we're here for. That's our whole purpose. So what can we do if we fall into these traps? How do you protect our how do you protect yourself from lazy people? How do you not become a busybody? How do you we continue to do good when no one notices? So as we've shown, in, in, uh, we shown, we are commanded to work or we should not eat. And that's pretty harsh. But that's what the Word says. I mean, don't most of us agree if you don't work, you ought not get to eat? There'd be a lot more people working. So in the last election, I think each one of us probably could admit freely that we became a busybody. Some way, shape, or form, we didn't agree with so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so didn't agree with us, and we talked bad about each other. Except for maybe my wife, because she doesn't ever watch the news, she never reads the news, she never gets involved with the news, so she didn't even know there was an election going on. I had to tell her who won. But think about this. as you're wanting to let other people hear your opinion, because one thing I did notice, as I did my own research, lots of opinions might have missed some of the facts. Lots of opinions may have been half-accurate, Lots of opinions may have thought they knew what they were talking about. So, but as I was preparing, as I'm thinking, and I'm trying to figure this whole thing out for myself. I want to do and encourage us to do something a little bit different. I want us to start to listen, to hear. And I would even encourage you every once in a while not even to respond. Listen to hear what people say. If you do respond, certainly respond without insult. And I'm not just talking about insulting Doug. I'm, insult- I'm talking about if Doug had a political, uh, let's say Doug liked President Trump and I liked President Biden, I'm talking about not disparage either one, Doug or President Trump. And more importantly, let's respect each other. Of course, the last one is still the hardest. The last one about talking about respecting one another is like, yeah, but Doug's stupid. Sorry to pick on you today, Doug. You know, the problem with sitting up front is I can actually see you. <laughs> but But reality is, It's hard to respect each other. To some degree, it doesn't matter if we don't respect people in the United States that are not here. It doesn't affect us. But don't let a keyboard give you strength. That's not a difference maker. That's not a difference maker at all. So, my greatest desire for us is for us to be different, to be difference makers. Be the person that notices others, who commends them. You know what? You know the value. I had somebody tell me this last week. It's easy to give somebody a raise. It's easy to give somebody a bonus. It's easy to give somebody something that has no value to you best thing that you can give to anybody is Doug thank you so much for your hard work that's more important than anything else we can give financial stuff's cool everybody loves money it touches us significantly better significantly more if we hear from somebody great job Do you not want to get to heaven and hear, good job, my faithful servant? Is that not what we're here for? And then the second thing is, try to be that one who shares with others. share your testimony share your experience share your life share your whatever but in sharing listen listen to what they tell you most important part let's remember this let's finish with this colossians 3:23 through 24 whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you're serving. So if we do everything we talked about this whole month with those two verses in mind, we will certainly become difference makers we will certainly become what this world needs. Let's pray.